Podcast where we talk about the hottest sports teams of the week. I'm your host, Noah, and here with me are my two favorite guys to talk sports with, Josh and Justin. And we've got a lot to get to again today, so we're going to start off with a little story. So, you missed last week. Sorry about that. Uh, a couple of us went on vacation. Uh, I was moving. I was moving to the greater Cleveland area. Uh, greater. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but it's kind of weird, though. So I moved into an apartment. It's a it's a ranch-style apartment, so I've got my own yard and everything. And when you pull into the complex, there's a little stop sign right before the roundabout, which, if the listeners don't know what a roundabout is, it's basically a better version of a, like a stoplight. So you never have to stop. It's just more of yielding. So... There's a stop sign at this roundabout, and I'm thinking to myself, who stops? Who stops at a roundabout? And what's even weirder is the stop sign's brown. So it's not like a regular red stop sign. And I'm thinking, does anyone listen to this stop sign, or do they just kind of blow through it? Because I don't know, like, when relating to things like a red stop sign i feel like i respect it more whereas if it was any other color let's say it was green would you listen to a stop sign that was green i mean it's, it's just not real at that point it's got to be red, right. right right it's got to be red yeah yeah it's not it's not legit unless it's red yeah so i don't know i'm not gonna stop at it and i i don't think any cops roll around in my apartment complex so I'm not going to listen to it. I'm just going to yield like a like a normal person. So, you know, that was just how we that was just how we had to start the uh, start the conversation off today. So yeah, that's gonna, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird. So you should you should paint it. You should get some red spray paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because <laughs> the lettering the lettering the lettering for stop is is white. So everything else is normal about it. It's does the just, lettering look like new or does it look beat up? Oh no no, it's new. That's weird. I was thinking maybe is like it's still an octagon or is it like a hexagon? No, it's an octagon. <laughs> it's a triangle. Literally everything else is fine. <laughs> it's just it's just not red. So I don't know why they didn't just have it red. But and first of all, why is it even a stop sign anyway? That just screams Greater Cleveland to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. All right, let's get back into the uh, sports news. So the NBA finals start tonight. Uh, Suns and Bucks are the last two teams standing in the NBA. Uh, so we all know Giannis went down in the Eastern Conference Finals. So the question is, is he actually going to play tonight? And my question for you guys is, do the Bucks actually need Giannis in order to beat the Suns? Uh, let's, start with, let's start with Josh. So... Breaking news, 
because we are recording this as the game is happening. Giannis did start. He is currently Ooh. playing. And he has three points and three rebounds and one assist. So being early in the game, it's actually a pretty good start. So he is playing. Breaking news. Um, personally, I think that both teams have – I don't want to say that they have the same play style, but I do think that both teams play like really good basketball. I don't think either team plays a whole lot of like hero ball – um, which, you know, a lot of times teams that make it this far that have stars, you see that. Um, so I think both teams play really good basketball, but right, for they're not me, one-sided. They're not one. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it's a good matchup. Um, but for me, I'm taking the Suns in seven and With seven and seven. And honestly, I think, I, I just think player for player. And I, I think just overall talent on each team I think it's a really close matchup. I think Drew Holiday, especially if he's playing um, to his like you know full potential, which I I think it was last game he played really well, um, and I think he will, which is why I'm thinking the Suns are going to win in seven. But yeah, I mean him, Middleton, um, Giannis, those three are very talented, and then PJ Tucker is a super talented defender. And then I look at the Suns, and you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, right? And then you have Aiton, who has the ability to take over a game, in my opinion. And he's just a tough matchup for anyone. So you have those three. And then you have Jay Crowder, who is, a like P.J. Tucker, a really good defender. right? He's the in-your-face in, in guy who can cause some issues defensively. So I think just player for player, I think it's a really close matchup. But for me, I think the Suns, in my opinion, beat a better Clippers team than the Bucks playing, why am I drawing a blank? Could they just beat the Hawks? The Hawks. The Clippers are a better team than the Hawks, even with, with uh, Kawhi's injury. Right. So I think the Suns had to, had to beat a better team to get there. And I don't know, it just seems like with Chris Paul's age and everything going on, I just have this feeling like it's the Suns' time to win. You know, and also you have... You know, Giannis's injury, he's playing tonight, but how more likely is he to, you know, re-injure himself um, just coming back from injury in the finals? So I would give the edge to the Suns, but like I said, I, I think they're going to win it in seven. So I think it's going to be a really good series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right that they both they both play very good basketball. And, like, you can look at, for example, there's some other teams that, do one side of the ball specifically better than their other side. Whereas like, for example, the Brooklyn Nets, obviously their offense is superb compared to their defense. And on the other side of it, the heat defend really well, but they can't seem to score. Right. So both of these teams are very well-rounded and have players more than one player who can take over the game. Um, Justin, do we think that Giannis needs to be a part of this team? Or in order for them to win, or can the Bucks secondary options pull it off? I am a firm believer in the power of Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. I don't think Giannis needs to step foot on the court, although he is. Wow. I, tr- I truly believe this Ooh. team has a chance without Giannis. 
That's a hot take. Now, that's a hot with take. Giannis, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. If I had to pick whether Giannis plays or not, and I'm the coach of the Bucks, I'm going to have Giannis play. But I think they could win it. I think they have the chance to win without Giannis. Um, I think Chris Middleton is showing has shown me in the playoffs so far that he's a lot better than I thought he was. And I think Drew Holiday is showing that he is a lot better than I thought he was too. I thought Drew Holiday was just a solid point guard the past few years. Like he wasn't bad. He he kind of reminded me of like a better version of Reggie Jackson. But now I'm like, okay, he's he can be the number two option on a team and they'll still win if you have a good team around him. So Giannis doesn't even need to show up anymore. And they still have a chance. But I think the Suns are like you said there for a second, it's it's just their time to shine right now. And I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker are a great duo together and deandre ayton really like solidifies this team all around just defense rebounds he does the the dirty work for those guys to shine so i'm saying my prediction is sons and five i truly believe Giannis is probably going to get hurt in like game two or three because he is not clutch and he seems to back out when things get tough Facts. Like back in the day, yeah, like Kobe Bryant, right. Michael Jordan, they're playing through sickness and injuries. Giannis is like, my back hurts, and it's game mm-hmm. four. I'm I'm gonna take a seat. Doesn't guard KD. No, you can't. Exactly. So, I think the only reason they got past the Hawks, to be honest, was because Chris Milton stepped up and Trey Young got injured. Right, right. I mean, yeah. When you look at that series, it's obviously one team was better suited for their start to get injured. The Bucks had a better roster than the Hawks did. Not to say the Hawks weren't good because their, their role players really stepped up, but Trey young was the heart and soul of that team. So when he, when he went down, they weren't, they weren't winning that series. Yeah. So you guys are right. Um, obviously the Suns are going to win this series. If Giannis isn't there. And yeah. honestly, I think even if Giannis is there, the Suns are going to win the series, but if the Bucks have a chance, it's going to be with Giannis. He he is a much better defender than his replacement. And he's just he draws so much of the defense on offense just because they know he's going to have the ball. The ball is going to run through Giannis and no one else. So it's honestly that's not the best option for that team. Because he's not the the clutch player like Kevin Durant is or Steph Curry is, where you know they're getting the ball and you still can't stop them. You can stop Giannis, and it's mostly because of his free throw shooting. But that's neither here nor there. So the in, in order in order for the Bucks to win this series, they're going to need to play a good team game with Giannis in the lineup for defensive help. I don't think they can do that. I don't think I they can think either, that, but that's their only shot. <laughs> I, I think Giannis, I think Giannis is to me, I, I sound like such a big Giannis hater, which I kind of am a little bit. <laughs> I think he's overvalued and overrated. It's, it's only happened within the last few years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, so from what I've been seeing this season and I've been paying more attention this season is Giannis 
is a player that doesn't bring up his teammates. And if I'm a superstar on a team, you got to bring up your teammates with you. You got to make everyone on the floor better. And Giannis Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to make anyone else better. But to me, if Giannis is getting pressured and has all the defensive, like the attention from the defense, like Chris Milton should be dropping 30 easy. But when Giannis is on the court, like it, it's like a challenge. It's like good if he gets 30. It's not like a given. So right. I don't know. I, Giannis is really showing me not a lot of greatness recently. And that's kind of hard because I do think he is a good player. It's just these playoffs have been pretty subpar. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, he just needs to he needs to take a step back and realize what he is. He's not a Kevin Durant. He's not. So he needs to take a step back and realize that there are other options on the team that can that can really help, and he doesn't have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. That's kind of what I was gonna say. Is I think I think first of all, I am a major Giannis hater. Don't I? <laughs> I think he is the most overrated player in the NBA. But that being said, he is a very good player. Um, but I, I'm with you, Kraus. I, I was going to say, I think I agree with you with what you were saying. And I think it's the only, in my opinion, the only counter argument to what Justin was saying about he doesn't bring his teammates up. And personally, I wouldn't say that this even counts. But if you wanted to kind of, you know, beat around the bush, you could say Giannis helps his teammates just because he draws attention. And to me, that would be the only the only thing I could be like, yeah, well, he does that. That's how he helps. Right. But kind of like what you were saying with with that whole, you know, bringing attention. I think the Bucks best chance to win the series against the Suns would be for to for Giannis to just take less shots. You know, I, I think if right. Giannis takes less shots, if he if he, you know, maybe five, ten, somewhere in there amount of times in the game where he, you know, drives to the lane super hard, like he does just kind of looking for a foul. If instead of doing that, he just kicks it out to Middleton or holiday. I think that's the Bucks' best chance to win is if Giannis can, can step down and say, I don't need to be, you know, the player after the game where they're like, Oh wow, they won because of me. And if Giannis can step aside and let Middleton and holiday shine more, I think that's the Bucks' best chance for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and that really comes down to it, even having a louder coach, someone, someone like a Popovich that, like, with you know, we had that whole conversation with the respect. And I mean, Mike Budholzer just isn't that type of isn't that type of coach. Right. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he holds any uh, like say or he makes very many decisions. He he just looks uncertain of himself. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So moving on, uh, we're going to move on to the NFL news that we've got. So everyone's reported to training camp and all the rookie quarterbacks seem to be getting at least some of the reps. Uh, so it, even at the minimum, they're looking at at least competing for a starting position. So my question for you guys is what rookie quarterback is going to have the best season this year? Uh, Let's go with Justin. All right. So not going to lie. When I first saw this question a couple days ago, I was like, I don't know any other rookie quarterbacks besides Trevor Lawrence because I really didn't care about any other rookie quarterbacks besides him. So did some research and the name that stood out to me 
the most of who could potentially turn around an organization that should have, I think, a way better season next next year is Trey Lance. Okay, right now they have Jimmy G as their quarterback, who was their ba- the quarterback situation in the last couple seasons has just been tough. But this team has a lot of potential if everyone stays healthy, and I think if Trey Lance somehow pulls the start over Jimmy G, which I could see happening. I think he can be a good piece for them to work around in that he has good weapons around him. He's he looks very athletic to me. I feel like he's not as athletic as like Lamar Jackson, but he 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 can run, he can he can throw great. So, I think if they get a nice healthy quarterback and Trey Lance and everyone else on their team stays decent like this team could go pretty far if not to the playoffs so I'm excited to see how that turns out I just feel like he has a lot of promise I kind of watched some videos on too just to see like how he looks and he I mean he looks like a great quarterback so hopefully he develops under Jimmy Garoppolo I'm pretty sure he tweeted out the other day that Jimmy is like the best teammate he's ever played with so far. And he's only been like two days. There's a lot of potential there for him to grow under him and kind of fill in that intermediate role of if Jimmy goes down, you have a good backup quarterback that knows what to do to learn from one of the best. Like it'll, it'll go smoothly for this offense to utilize him as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really just comes down to the health of the 49ers. I mean, they, were just so unlucky last year in terms of all their players getting injured and yeah it'll just be on if jimmy g is the starting quarterback over trey lance so josh what do we think on who we think the best rookie quarterback is going to be this year so just a kind of a preface before i even pick i do want to say i think as far as just numbers go that there's a high probability that trevor lawrence probably has the most yards or touchdowns maybe i can see but that. yeah i also I think he will probably have i wouldn't say i'm not going to say the highest but a higher you know higher end interceptions as well just being on the team he's on you know um throw it because they're going to be down in games they're going to throw the ball more yada 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 so i would say that I, I think he might have the most yards touchdowns but the the rookie quarterback that i think has the potential to have the best year in terms of impact and also um, results too. I think Justin Fields would be my pick and this bears team. They, they do have Andy Dalton. And as of right now, I'm pretty sure it's been said or hinted um, that Andy Dalton's still the starter, right? So the plan is to still start on week one. And I haven't seen anything saying that, you know, Justin's field, Justin Fields will play this year. He will play early on. So this is kind of going out on a limb. But personally, I think I think the Bears are going to play Justin Fields pretty early on in the season if he doesn't start, start week one. Um, maybe around, you know, week three. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Bears' first two games are really tough. I think 
maybe the Ravens and I think the Rams are their first game. The Rams defense is solid and they play the Ravens pretty early on too. So I could see Andy Dalton not performing well. Um, and also I, I, I just feel like as a bears fan, right. Which I'm not, but putting myself in their shoes and you guys tell me if you agree with me, you want to see Justin Fields play, right? You don't want to see Andy Dalton. He's old. And he's right. just boring. Right. Yep, definitely. So yeah, the idea, the idea behind the Andy Dalton signing was to get whoever they were going to draft ready, and it's yeah. basically just an interim. So why yeah. wouldn't you just speed that process along? Right, and and, and that's that's kind of where I, I feel like with the fans, you know, opinion being that and stuff, I feel like they're going to play him early. And on top of that, I I think this Bears offense has potential. David Montgomery, I think, has potential to be a very good running back. Um, Tariq Cohen is a shifty player. You know, he makes plays throughout the course of the season. And then wide receiver, they have Allen Robinson. He also, he has a ton of talent, right? A lot of potential. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, again, he hasn't really ever had, like, amazing years. Um, I think it was for the Bills he played as well. He's never had amazing years, but I, he's he's older. I think he's thirty, um, so he has experience, and I still think he has potential. He like he he can make a play, right? If it's a good ball thrown to him, and then you also have Anthony Miller, who I think again is a really talented guy. And then at tight end, you have Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. He, I mean, he, Jimmy Graham's just a veteran in a locker room, but I think Cole Komet's a really good player too. So I think. I think if this Bears offense with Justin Fields at quarterback can kind of mesh um, and maybe a lot of its coaching, I think they have a ton of potential to be a very good offense. So I would say Justin Fields is the quarterback that I'm I'm expecting to do well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of talk between a lot of these quarterbacks and in terms of like who's going to start where where they're at. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to start day one. Obviously, Zach Wilson is going to start day one. The other three are kind of up in the air in terms of like the top five, mm-hmm. where Mac Jones isn't going to start over Cam Newton at the beginning of the year. Justin Fields probably isn't going to start. He might. He probably won't, though. Yeah. And then Trey Lance probably won't either, just because they drafted him solely based on if Jimmy G gets hurt. And to further develop him along, they're trying to take the Patrick Mahomes route, which is fine. But I think a lot of people saw that as like, we need to do this. We need to do this. But they don't. They don't. It's fine to to have your your first round pick start week one. It's fine. People need to calm down because Pat Mahomes was an exception to the rule. Pat Mahomes still would have been great his first year. Mm-hmm. It's just they had Alex Smith, so they're like, why not? Why don't we just develop him a little more? And because I mean, look at Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning started year or week one of his first year, and he threw a lot of interceptions. And everyone's like, this guy's still going to be great. It was he just learned from those mistakes, and it became a Hall of Fame career. So. With that in mind, though, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have the best year because of 
a new offensive scheme that nobody has seen with Urban Meyer. And I think a lot's riding on it, so they kind of need it to work. So I think it's going to be like a Peyton Manning sort of thing, like you said, where he's going to have a lot of interceptions too. Mm-hmm. And most of his stats probably will be in junk time, which is fine. But in terms of the impact that Trevor Lawrence makes, they're going to have a, a much better year than last year. So that's just strictly based on I don't think a lot of the other quarterbacks are going to have a big year because they're not going to start. And they right. probably won't get in until about halfway through the year. Yeah, that's fair. That's, my, mean, that's my prediction on it. Yeah, Trevor it, Lawrence is definitely going to be an immediate impact for right. any team he's on if he's starting. So especially this team because they're, they were horrendous last year. So he, you're right. He's going to have definitely have the best numbers. And whether you say that's because he's great or because they need him to do great, I I don't know. I feel like long term he might not pan out to be the best out of this class, but he'll definitely be a good starting quarterback for this team. He was definitely the safest pick in this draft. Yeah. That, yep. For sure. I I do think it's I I do think it'll be interesting, like you said, to see how. Um, Urban Meyer and you know the new offense plays out that that is a good point because I mean who knows that's I mean I I think he is he's obviously a great coach right he's good at what he does Um, and it's something new for the teams that they're going to play to figure out and look at so you're right that that could be a huge factor is just coaching as well yeah I mean he's got the intelligence to do it Uh, you know there's some college coaches that don't pan out in the NFL like Nick Saban Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I think Urban Meyer will, it's just, if he can, if he can stay healthy himself and that's the, I think that's the biggest concern with him right? because he's, he is probably one of the best coaches in terms of making changes in the locker room at halftime. Mm-hmm. Just the amount of times he did it at Ohio state from when I watched was absolutely absurd. Yep. All right, well, moving on, um, we're going to go to our better or worse NFL edition. We're going to do four more teams today. And if we think they're going to have a better year this year uh, than last year. So this week we got the Miami Dolphins. They went 10 and 6 last year. Uh, They still have Tua. They signed Jalen Waddell. So, Josh, do we think they're going to do better or worse this year? I think that the Dolphins will do better. Um, to me, I think, I think last year it seemed like they spent a lot of, especially the last half of the year, just building momentum. Um, and they were a team that I felt like even when their season ended, um, if you were a Dolphins fan, you kind of still were happy, you know, and you still had, you had a lot of hope and, and, uh, expectations for this upcoming year. Um, and I think a big part of that is Tua, obviously, right? I mean, he had he played yeah. really well, but he's so young that you don't really know what his ceiling is yet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would say better just on the, the simple fact that I think they have some young talent um, that's been, you know, bringing Waddle in, too. So, yeah, I, I would say better. And I, I think, you know, obviously, as I'm saying better, I think that Tua has not reached his ceiling. And I think that Waddle is going to end up panning out to be I wouldn't say like an amazing, great receiver in the NFL for his career, 
but I do think he's going to be a good player. Okay. All right, Justin. Um, it hurts me to say this because, as you guys both know, I, I personally like Alabama football. Sue me, you know. <laughs> and um, I think Tua's going to – this is basically what you're going to get from Tua, I think, in the future. I, I can't see him getting too much better. And that hurts me to say because I liked him at Alabama. I thought he was a great quarterback. still think he's a good quarterback. But I think – I think the Dolphins want to are are the lesser version of what the Cardinals were last year. Okay. And I just think to uh I, I do think he's injury prone and I don't know if that's gonna come into play at all in the next couple seasons. Uh, couple seasons. Um Waddles is I mean, he's a good pickup, but I don't see him being a star. I don't know. It's just it's tough for me to say that because I do like Tua. I think he I want the best for him just because of how much I've rooted for him the past few years. Um, but I can't see him getting much better if at all. So I'm either going to put them around the same record or maybe slightly lower. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I can see <clears throat> I can see that happening. Yeah. Uh, Tua is kind of a risk just because of his previous health. So I am going to say slightly worse, but I don't think it's going to be a drastic change. I just think they're going to kind of hover there. Their defense is their strong suit still, and they've got an outstanding defense. And I don't think Tua is going to develop this year. They're going to continue to run the ball with as many as their running backs as they need. And most of Tua's throws are going to be short. They don't really trust him for the long throws right now. That might change with Waddle because they had a great chemistry in Alabama, but I don't see it panning out first year, so I'm going to say slightly worse, especially with the Patriots getting better, the Jets mm-hmm. getting better, and the Bills getting better. Moving on, we're going to go to the Baltimore Ravens. They went 11-5 and last year and lost in the divisional round, I believe, in the playoffs. They signed Rashawn Bateman uh, for their first-round pick and traded away their starting lineman, Orlando Brown, to the Chiefs for another first-round pick. Uh, So, Justin, do we think better or worse for the Ravens? They got to be worse. Because to me, if I'm a Ravens fan, if I'm in the Ravens organization, the only way this season is a success to me is if Lamar doesn't have to get 400 yards and 30 touchdowns to win a game. And if they don't make make it at least far in the playoffs, potentially Super Bowl, I don't know. This team's not as team I want this team to be better than what it is. So that's tough cuz I do like Lamar and I think he's a great quarterback, but he can't do it all by himself. So I think they're going to get worse just because Lamar's going to get tired. Is he going to get injured? I'm not sure. I could see it happening. He's always scrambling. He's a risky player just on how he plays, and I like that. I think it's exciting. But I could see him potentially getting injured or getting worn down by the end of the season. Teams know what they're going to do. They're going to try and throw to their tight ends, and Lamar's going to scramble. So, I and I mean, their defense isn't 
amazing. They're they're not one of the. I mean, they're all right, but they're not one of the most dominant defenses in the league. So, I see them getting slightly worse just because they're not going to go deep in the playoffs. All right, Josh. I know this one uh, hits home for you. It does. It does. I, you know, as a Ravens fan since the Ed Reed days, um, I, I kind of just scratch my head with the, the moves they made. Um, they brought in picks, right? And I think just generically thinking, if you're trading for picks, you're looking towards the future, right? And I think it's understandable because this team hasn't had enough to do it. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's sad to me because looking at their lineup, I mean, you have Lamar Jackson, um, super young talent. Mark Andrews is 25, right? So he's not, he's not super young, not super old. And then Dobbins, who I think, I think, Obviously, assuming you know pieces around him and pieces on the defensive end of the field get better, I think he's a good enough running back for a Super Bowl team, right? And he's young, 22. And so it it just kind of scares me that that if they take these draft picks and either one the draft picks don't pan out, which I feel like has a very high probability, or two they pan out. But by the time they pan out, you know, what is the age of all this young talent you have? So it kind of just scares me. And it, it is sad because, in my opinion, I think this Ravens team is going to have a worse year than they had last year. Um, I just think offensively they just don't they just don't have a piece. And I, I do think, as I think everyone else does, it's a wide receiver that they're missing. Because like Justin was saying, it's like they're throwing to their tight ends, right? And it's if, especially if the throw is going to be more than, you know, 20 yards, it's going to Mark Andrews. And I think right. teams, it, would, it looked so easy to defend. And they, you know, they didn't add a major star talent in the wide receiver position. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think they have enough. Um, so I, I understand the draft picks, but it still makes me sad. But I think they're going to have a worse year. Honestly, I think this will be the worst year the Ravens have had or will have had um, for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because. Yeah, if they would have just added Julio, this would be a, probably a different story, way different. And they are they definitely got worse on defense. They lost a piece of their defense that was kind of their core. And it's just, it's interesting to see them make these moves because you're right. They were, they were just one piece away. If they had a better wide receiver, even last year, they would have made a deep playoff run. Mm -hmm. So when, and now even their offensive line is a little risky. I, they signed Villanueva from the Steelers which is fine, but he was getting old and he didn't play great last year. And I should know. <laughs> and it's just, it's interesting to see them make these moves because they're such a run first team. And now they don't have the dominant offensive line that they used to have. So I'm going to say worse. I'm going to say they don't make playoffs this year. And then mm-hmm. 
we'll see what happens after that because Harbaugh will definitely make a move after that. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I, I definitely say they're going to get worse. Moving on to the Colts. The Colts were 11-5 and five last year. Uh, they got Carson Wentz as their quarterback, which seems like an upgrade over Phillip Rivers at this point, but maybe not. Um, they've still got a dominant force in Jonathan Taylor with a dominant defense. So do we think better or worse? Uh, we'll go with Josh first. So uh, with, with the Colts, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like they're going to be around the same. Um, I think if if I if I wasn't allowed to kind of take the cop out and say like yeah, about the same, I would lean towards worse. Um, just looking at I I feel like Jacksonville has to be better than they were last year because you know they won a game, um, <laughs> and I think you know Tennessee is obviously a really good team. So I, I don't know. I, I think I don't know if it's just because I, I don't really care about the Colts, to be honest. Um, I don't know if that's why I'm kind of just feeling like, ah, like ah, about the same. But I don't I don't really have any huge feelings as far as anyone they got got rid of. Um, so, yeah, I would say they're going to be about the same, but maybe a game or two worse. OK, Justin. Um, one of the big pickup I saw while looking at this was they got Eric Fisher, the tackle from the Chiefs, right? Chiefs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if he comes back healthy, I think he's a great tackle. And I've never been high on Carson Wentz. I always thought Nick Foles should have been the one to stay. Um, so just based off of that, I feel like... I just can't see Carson Wentz winning anything and any team. So that's <laughs> like he's never going to win a Super Bowl. So I have to say they're going to get worse. And I, if Eric Fisher comes back healthy, it's debatable. You're right. It's kind of just like a stagnant team right now. They're probably going to be the same. I think they're getting slightly worse. I could see the argument for slightly better. But I'm going to say they're around 500. I think they're going to go, well, it's 17 games this season, right? So. Eight and nine or nine and eight. Okay. I, um, yeah, slightly worse. Okay. I think this is going to be a battle between the Titans and the Colts. I think it's going to be a really good battle. I think they're going to get better. Uh, I think Carson Wentz has a good year, not great. He'll stay healthy, and he will rely heavily on the run game and his defense. I don't think he'll put up any flashy numbers, but he'll be good enough to get them to the playoffs where they'll do fine, but they're not going to win anything. Cause I obviously think the Titans are going to win the Super Bowl, and obviously I'm really high on them. So it's harder to be higher on the Colts than kind of what they were. But I think that both of them will compete for that top spot and I think they'll get better. Now, moving on to the final team for today, the Vegas Raiders, they went eight and eight. They're going to have fans in the stands in probably the greatest venue to ever be created because <laughs> of the party scene that is going to be in Vegas. Um, so better or worse, Justin? You are right in that this is going to be the coolest. I mean, just looking at the stadium, you're like, damn, yeah, that's sweet. I have to say, I think they're going to be a little bit better. 
I hope they get a lot better because I think this is a sick team and I I want to root for them, but I can't yet because they're not that great. Well, let's let me let me take that back. I'm going to root for them, but I can't say that they're going to be significantly better because I don't think they're at that point. But I think Josh Jacobs is a great running back. Uh, their tight end Darren Waller, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a great tight end. I think Derek Carr is streaky. But has potential. I put Derek Carr kind of similar to a Carson Wentz, where he has potential to be decent. But I can't see him being a high-level caliber quarterback for another five, ten years. So I'm saying they're going to get a little bit better. Um, but they're not going to make playoffs. They're gonna, they're going to do all right. Um, yeah, I I don't know. This team is just kind of. And to me, I don't I don't see anything, any big moves, anything crazy. So they're going to get slightly better just for the fact that all the players are going to get slightly better. Hopefully, if Josh Jacobs continues on what he's doing. And yeah, that's it. Okay, Josh. I think I think, first of all, this is kind of a side note. Kraut, I think you'll probably agree with me because of who it is, but I could be wrong. But all I'm saying is they should start Marcus Mariota instead of Derek Carr. But, <laughs> but because I'm, I'm not I'm not high on Derek Carr. Like Justin said, I, I don't know. I just feel like he's streaky, and there's just something about him that like just makes me nervous. If I would, you know, if, if I was like rooting for the Raiders. But I think looking at their lineup, like Justin was kind of going through, they have talent, um, especially on offense. Uh, Derek Carr and you know and Mariota, I think both of them, they're good quarterbacks, right? They they can lead a team down the field. Um, and then Josh Jacobs is really good, and then Darren Waller went off last year. I think though that because they're not super deep at wide receiver, they don't have a a super talented wide receiver in my opinion. And I think with Darren Waller having such an explosive year last year, I think that teams are going to be more prepared and also more focused on him. And so honestly, I think that this team is going to struggle offensively pretty badly. And so for that reason, I would say they're going to be a little bit worse, but they went eight and eight last year. So, I mean, like, you know, that's, that's okay. But looking at the AFC West, I think LA is also going to, I think the Chargers are going to be a better team than they were last year. Um, and then you have Kansas City and stuff too. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe the Raiders win seven games. I would say a little bit better. I won't take the cop out and say around the same. I'll say that I'm, I'm going to say the Raiders are going to win seven games. Okay. I think this team's going to crash and burn. Uh, I think Derek Carr is a very overrated quarterback. A lot of people would disagree with me. But Shut Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 kind of ugly that this team that I mean it's amazing that they they won eight games last year. They're they don't have any big stars on their team. Josh Jacobs is a good running back, but they signed Kenyon Drake, and it looks like it's going to be a running back by committee. So it sounds like they're going to run the ball so much and kind of rely on their defense, which isn't great in the first place. I just think John Gruden has a weird game plan. And I don't think it's going to work, and he's going to crash and burn. 
they won't fire him just because of the huge deal that they signed for him. But I think it puts him on the hot seat for the following year. And yeah, John I think Gruden. you're going to crash and burn. John, John Gruden really screwed this team up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird situation because of his name. And he's like the quarterback whisperer in terms of like the draft and stuff. And then he hasn't gotten a new quarterback since he's been there. And he hasn't made Derek Carr any better. So it's kind of a weird situation for their quarterback, but I just think that he wants he wants to prove something with Derek Carr, and it's not going to work. I'm with you. All right. So moving on, we're going to go to the question of the day. Uh, a little backstory on the question of the day. Me and my girlfriend, Emily, were talking about the Cleveland Indians mascot. And I didn't even know they had a mascot, to be honest with you. Uh, and apparently it's like the uh, Philly Fanatic. It's kind of like a cop off to that. And so my question of the day is what organization in sports has the best mascot? We'll start with Justin. Um, you kind of just said it. I think the Philly Fanatic is just great. I I, there's nothing wrong with the Philly Fanatic that I can point to to say he shouldn't be everyone's favorite. I Some honorable mentions for me, though, that I was thinking about that I don't know their official names. I like the Syracuse Orange Ball. <laughs> I've, always, I've always loved that guy. Um, and for some reason, staying with the ball shape, I like the Harlem Globetrotters uh, <laughs> uh, mascot. I'm pretty sure it's just a globe. Uh, painted red, white, and blue, I believe. I'm not entirely sure on that. I remember that from when I was a kid, and I could be completely <laughs> making that up. So I didn't look into that at all, but that's just what I remember. But I think Philly Fanatic is great. I read somewhere that he has had the most lawsuits against him of any uh, nice. mascot <laughs> just from messing with fans and stuff, and I think that's great. I think that's the energy a mascot needs to bring. Um, and that's just that would be a great job to be him because what is he? He's just a fanatic, you know. <laughs> He's just having fun. So yeah, that's uh, my pick. That's so great. That's so great. Um, did you guys ever play? Was that was that NCAA football where yes. you could be the yep. mascots? Yeah. Yep. Oh my mascot gosh. mode. Oh my gosh! When Stanford <laughs> was the they were the Cardinals. They were the Crods. 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 Okay, ready? Trees. They were the trees. So my top three, okay, two honorable mentions. First one being the Stanford trees, baby. Because, I love that. Because, because of that NCAA game, the Stanford trees were probably the most obnoxious mascot you could pick because they were so big. And because it was a tree at the bottom, they were so wide that like your offensive line took up the entire screen. So... So I love that you brought that up because they were one of my I have two honorable mentions and they were one of them. So Stanford trees is up there for me. After that, I would say Benny the bull. Okay. And I pick him solely because of kind of like Justin was saying with the Philly fanatic, which I don't watch baseball. So I know nothing about that guy, but <laughs> Benny the bull, he's also in NBA games known for kind of like messing with people, you know? So that's why I picked Benny the bull. Yeah, I love that. As another honorable mention. So, my top mascot. This goes into a story. It's not a long story, but. So, for the people listening at home, I'm going to explain this uh, kind of in detail because 
if you don't know soccer, then you just don't really, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. So there is a team who plays in England in the English Premier League, and their team name is Arsenal. Okay. Oh and yeah. Their nickname <laughs> is the their nickname is the Gunners. Okay. And like their logo is a cannon, like an old school war cannon. So the Gunners, right? Their mascot. Get ready for it. Is the Gunnersaurus. Okay. If you guys haven't seen it, you should look it up because it's so cool. It's the Gunnersaurus. It is a dinosaur that is like, I think it's seven feet tall or eight feet tall, something like that. But what's also cool about this thing is the story behind it. So in, in 1994, okay, that's when this, this Gunnersaurus came to be, right? But how it came to be is, the the team so arsenal right in 1993 to 94 that season they ran a contest and it was for younger fans so we're talking like children to design a, a new mascot for the team okay and they picked two and out of the two they picked a winner the winner was peter lovell lovell i don't know if i'm saying that right but this kid he drew the gunnersaurus rex Okay, and also online there's a picture of his drawing. It is fantastic. <laughs> so this kid drew this drew this dinosaur, right? Which also I would say it's fairly similar to the one that they have, although he did it yellow and it's green. But they kept pretty true to his design and they picked it and literally since then they made this dinosaur, right? And they like called his parents up they're like, hey, we picked your kid, basically. Tell him that, you know, his thing's coming to life. They sent him a letter saying that he was the winner. And then they got him and his family tickets to the first home game in 1994, where Gunnosaurus was brought out to the fans for the first time. And ever since then, that same Gunnosaurus, they haven't changed it, has been their mascot. That's awesome. Yeah. So I I looked up I just looked up the drawing because I didn't know that's where it came from, and it is pretty true. I mean, they even got like the. I guess most mascots are kind of fat because they want to be able to shake their their body, <laughs> but even in the drawing, it's it's a pretty fat dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'll give you my honorable mentions first. So. First one was the Oregon Duck, just because of how involved he is with the fans, and I love I love Oregon football. So watching him at every single Oregon game is just it's great to watch. Um, the next honorable mention is I don't know actually know his name, but the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it's like a it's almost like a coyote, and before every single field goal. He stands next to the the goalpost, and if they make it, he bangs his head against the wall of the of the goalpost, and it's it makes me laugh every single time I watch it. <laughs> I've never seen that before, and now I'm only gonna look for that. This next <laughs> yeah, it's great, it's great. Um, and then the number one mascot for me is the Indianapolis Colts. His name's Blue. Okay. This guy is like the Philly fanatic on steroids. He does whatever he can to get in the spotlight. Like it was the 
it was the uh, all-star game for uh, the NFL. And he got in a dance battle with Odell. And yeah, yeah, it's this guy. <laughs> and I'm not kidding when I say that he definitely won that dance battle just because of how much he can shake his body. And it's the funniest thing to watch. Not only that, but this mascot, they did like this mascot versus uh, like kids. Yes, I was hoping that was, I, I was about to say that too. <laughs> and this mascot drills a kid <laughs> just to be in the spotlight. And it's it's the funniest thing. Please go watch it. Please Didn't go watch stiff arm one you like super hard. Yeah, yeah. He does oh this all God. the time. And it's amazing to me that like more parents don't get upset about this, but it's it's the best thing to watch in the world because he just he drills. he drills the kid. Please go watch it. Just look up Indianapolis Colts mascot tackle and it'll be the first thing that pops up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's my favorite guy. Um, every Colts game, they, they show him and he's just outstanding to watch. Uh, just a side note for you guys. I looked up the name of the Harlem Globetrotters mascot. His name is Globy. He is a walking Globy. globe. <laughs> his, he, his whole head is a globe and he's, he just walks and wears a jersey. Just love that guy. Love it. Oh, God. <laughs> just looked him up. <laughs> I wanted to make sure he was real because when I said it at first, I was like, oh, my God, do I actually remember this guy or am I just making this up? <laughs> this is a dream. This real life. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> All right. Moving on. We're going we're gonna to hand it over to Justin for this day in sports. In sports history. Um, You're right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is not, I'm not doing the same sports. So this is another. So just for the viewers to know, or the listeners, not viewers, there hasn't, for some reason, every time we do this, it doesn't seem like there's many interesting events going on. <laughs> and I kind of apologize for that. <laughs> but like, we kind of record in the middle of the week. So it's not, you know. It's just not great. And also, it's summer, so most sports were out during that time. It's whatever. Moving on. In this day in sports history, in 2007, so very recent, not very, but pretty recent, NBA MVP, finals MVP back then, Tony Parker, age 25, married the Desperate Housewives star, Eva Longoria, in Paris, France. Just wanted to bring some love onto the podcast. Nice, good for him. Uh, and I think I think nice. Tony Parker is an outstanding guy. So, are they still married? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I have to look it up. Uh, I I I mimic his basketball style. I am a pass first and floater shot type of guy. <laughs> and, that's true. And that's that's my only shot. Cross looks any, like Tony Parker when he basketball. plays basketball. <laughs> he shaves his head and gets a, a little five o'clock shadow going on. <laughs> Justin. Are they not married anymore? Uh, Parker 38 ended his marriage. Wait, oh, oh. what? Wait. Did he get remarried? Okay. Was that in 2020? That was his past year, right? Apparently, him and Eva Longoria split up in 2011. Oh, yikes. And then she married Jose Bastan. Don't know who that is. No. Uh, but then Parker moved on and married French journalist Ex- Axel Francine. 
Interesting. Uh, in 2011, they started, ooh, yeah, the same year. They started dating the same year they uh, he split with Eva. Uh, but then January 8th, 2021, this article says that he is now single. And they got divorced as well. So Tony Don't Parker. Shout out uh, Tony Parker. Yeah. Um, he's living his best life, apparently. <laughs> yeah, marriage might not be his thing. No. But playing for the Spurs was, and I respect That's that. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, that's all we got today. Uh, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Uh, give us five stars on wherever you are listening to this podcast. And right. follow us on all the social media outlets, uh, including TikTok. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. What are you saying, Josh? Who <laughs> <laughs> said do it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to leave it. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.